Hey everybody, welcome back to Simply Soccer. I am your host, Michelle Hootink, and we welcome you to season five. Christian Conway, my co-host. The season is upon us. The roses are blooming. I am so excited, and I was trying to make a haiku there, and it didn't work out. <laughs> and it's actually hailing here in Los Angeles, so I'm sure there's going to be more roses blooming. <laughs> I mean... I guess it's a it's a form of water and plants need water, so I, maybe I don't know. Once it melts, because it's too cold. For it to <laughs> exactly <sit there>. right. <laughs> um, well, not too cold, but um, not no, it's pre- it's pretty cold. Cold enough. <laughs> um, yeah, but prepare for rain this uh, Saturday at the Rose Bowl. Uh, the event tomorrow from Apple TV got canceled in case anybody was going to go to that wonderful MLS season opener thingy. Um, yeah, so the LA Galaxy, despite the boycott, uh, continues to make signings. Um, looks like one-year contracts. Tyler Boyd has officially been named. Uh, looks like they're getting quite the young blood. Oriel Russell, is that how you say that? Yeah, Oriel Russell. Um, Russell. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Boyd, 28, uh, was born in New Zealand, but uh, has American parents or has an American parent and chose to represent the United States. Um, this is an interesting signing. Uh, I don't really know what to expect. Um, Tyler Boyd had a, I would say, a mixed career in Turkey. Um, the last time he scored more than 10 goals in a season, it was in the New Zealand Premier League. And I don't like to talk down other leagues, but I'm going to say... I have a strong suspicion that MLS is a little stronger than the New Zealand Premier League, right? I, I do feel like I can be confident in saying that. I, they, I mean, they needed a winger, right? And so this completes that concept, and they needed a winger fast. Now, do I think he's the answer? I think he can be. I think, you know, you look at his time with the national team, he didn't play, for, you know, he played, I mean, for Besiktas and Sivaspor, which are two very good teams in Turkey. Didn't rack up a lot of goals, but racked up a couple assists in those in those years. Um you know, so, you know, he was a little bit more of a cup merchant than anything else. But again, that's fine. Uh, I, I do think um, he can offer something here. I just wonder, you know, again, I and I said it, I was, I was, I was looking back at, you know, an older episode of ours. And I said, the one thing is I want a winger that I, I can guarantee is going to do 10 goals and 10 assists, right? Like, that's what we need. They got Memo Rodriguez in the offseason. I think that's an incredible pick. And what we've seen in the limited amount of preseason that we've been able to see, knowing, you know, obviously the Apple TV deal preventing us from seeing a little bit of that, the Galaxy kind of going North Korea mode with Golchella and, and all the rest of it. I do think the winger problem is somewhat solved. I think what they're also hoping, and again, I think this is a gamble, is that Douglas Costa turns into that 10 goal, 10 assist guy. Because if he's working alongside Memo Rodriguez on that on the wing and that what looks to be a 4-2-3-1, I think they're gonna be okay. Um, I I we saw at times and especially in the first half of that last game against Toronto, um they were in that 3-5-2 and it worked really well for them. They played incredibly well. They were precocious, efficient. Raheem Edwards in that midfield winger role, um, I thought was really effective. I do think. Memo Rodriguez and Douglas Costa can work really well together. The problem is they need Douglas Costa to be fit, able to play, I'd say probably 25 games and get you 10, 10 and 10. Do I think he can do that? Previous data would indicate otherwise. Um, in terms of, of Uri Rossell, or as he's also known as Uri Rossell, 
Uh, I was impressed with his his tenure at Orlando City, uh, a little bit less so at Sporting Kansas City. 30 years old. He's he's a Barcelona product. I mean, he's, you know, so the pedigree is there alongside Riku Pooch, um, which almost makes me think that was intentional to bring him in because Pooch and him will know each other in terms of they come from the same soccering school. I don't think he's going to be a starter. I think this is a depth signing in case Brugman goes down because I do think as we start to begin our preview of the season, I do think the Galaxy have the best three-person midfield in MLS, and I don't think it's even close. Uh, I mean, between Brugman, um, Delgado, and, and Pooch, but I think that's just going to be for, you know, if we go on a long cup run, Leagues Cup, etc., he's going to be a really important depth piece to make sure this all stays together. Um, so I think these are two good signings. I don't, again, as I said in, in, in January, they didn't need to go out and go big. I mean, they probably need to go out and go big on a winger, but they are making very smart cultured moves that should, should hit, right? Like, I mean, these are, these are moves that, okay, Tyler Boyd, not exactly known as a goal scorer, but a very effective winger played with the national team, played at Besiktas, a very good club that should work. Or Rosell, you know, knows MLS, knows the league. This should work. We've seen with Memo Rodriguez, especially in that game against Toronto on uh, last week, this should work. So I think they have what they did this offseason was kind of exactly what they needed to do. I mean, they didn't need to go flashy, but they needed to go smart. And I think they went very smart in this offseason. Well, with Chicharito having, you know, being injury prone and right now it's his hamstring that bothered him at the preseason match he was in and then taken out very quickly. Um, we don't really have any big names right now. I actually, I see all the negative chatter about Tyler Boyd, but for me, he's the one who scored, even if it was a preseason game. And I know that here we don't hold preseason games, you know, with much weight, but at the same time, like, look, he's the one who scored. And so I heard it was a golazo and I'm here for that. Um, you know, that said, I'm excited that Jalen Neal's in the first team now. I'm just concerned that playing against LAFC that he's going to he's gonna get schooled. Um, he's going to get, you know, um, I mean, I know that everybody needs that wake-up call. And I know that these El Trafico games are an anomaly in and of themselves. Um but it's, it's going to be interesting who our lineup is. And we noticed, uh, you know, from LA Galaxy rumors, um, if you guys follow on Twitter, he's saying that there's going to be no T DPs in that starting lineup. Um, you know, maybe that's just more red tape, right? Like more things that kind of go beyond, behind the scenes. And it doesn't mean that we can't do well on Saturday. Like, you know, it's incredible this game is even happening with all the hullabaloo going on and then it's going to be raining. And, you know, I, I really wonder what that, what that turnout's going to be like. I hoping I'm not going to be surrounded by LAFC people, but we'll see. Well, I, I think so with the Chicharito and the no DPs thing, well, we only have two DPs. One of them is Douglas Costa. We know he's injury prone. Chicharito has been injury prone all of his career. Um, we've been in worse situations before. Remember the first El Trafico in 2018, all three DPs were out injured. So They've done this before, but what I would say is what I think makes things different this year is the depth is there. I don't think that team in 2018 was as deep as the team this year is. And I remember last year, a lot of what we talked about was depth. We talked about, okay, they have a very good starting 11. What happens when it's 12 through 23? I feel a lot better about 12 through 23. In terms of, 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 of center back pairing, 
I don't think we know what the best center back pairing is, you know, and, and I'd argue maybe it is Mavinga and Koulibaly. You know, I, I think Mavinga is set in stone starter. You know, Vanny knows him. Vanny worked with him in Toronto, won an MLS cup with him in Toronto. Vanny likes his guys. So I think that's why they went out of their way to make sure that Mavinga fell to the galaxy in free agency. I think by doing that, you know, letting Derek Williams walk, who was, I'd say a nailed on starter last year, they basically made it very clear that Mavinga will be starting in a pairing with whoever Vanny chooses. I don't know. I mean, it, it also depends on Koulibaly if he's injured. I know there was there was talk that he was dealing with something in preseason, you know, a little bit of a, a, a quad issue that was just bothering him that, you know, it, those things happen. Um, so maybe, you know, he he's not fit enough to go. Um, we haven't seen the injury report yet. I, I tried to check it today and it hasn't been updated. Um, so if you want the injury report from November 4th, 2022, please feel free to go to MLS.com. Um, but, you know, I think they are going to put a lot of faith and, and and to your point about Jalen Neal and, and throwing him in a game like this, I think at least from the sense that I was getting in preseason, Jalen going to the national team, the conversations around him, the pieces that have been written about him, they're high on him being a starter this year. Like they expect him to play 25, you know, 30 games this year. Easy. I like this because I, the package is there, right? Like, Center backs mature differently, and there's a lot of very good center backs that didn't mature until they were, you know, 25, 26. Um, but he, shockingly, you know, to, to pull a comparison in, to, to women's uh, soccer, he reminds me a ton of Naomi Girma in the sense that they both have that same kind of calm presence at a young age. And I think with a center back, the one quality you want is calmness. And every single time, Jalen doesn't scramble, if that makes sense. So, you know, when the ball turns over and it's a, it's a bit of a defensive, you know, kind of moment where the defense has to, you know, really emergency defend, quote unquote, you don't want to see your defender kind of looking around, trying to figure out where, you know, he is in relation to all the pieces moving around him. Jalen just knows. And it, and that I think we've been lacking. Cause I mean, I remember at the end of our 2019 review, what, what was our, our defensive, uh, our, our defense episode, it was um, like giraffes on ice skates. Uh, we we have that's been kind of the galaxy's defensive mo for the past couple of years, and it's good to have Jalen because I think he's he brings a certain calmness, and I keep forgetting how young he is, and that's a good thing here because center backs need to exude calmness, and I think that's just what the galaxy have needed is just a calm presence in the back line. I think also with Movinga they've had that. I think Koulibaly engenders that as well. Casares, I mean, I don't really know how much is left in those legs. Um, I was a bit surprised he came back. Um, I was very convinced he was going to retire. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, MLSsoccer.com has the projected starting pairing being Mavinga and Casares. I don't know if I agree with that. I think it's maybe more likely Mavinga and Koulibaly or Koulibaly and Casares. But I could easily see Jalen Neal slotting into that, that starting 11, and I would be okay with it. Um, in terms of a defensive pairing, this is going to be a weird game because both these teams are different than they were the last time these two teams met, right? You're talking about an LAFC team that lost. Arango's out. I was going to say, lost its best player last year in Chicho Arango. They are going to have the CONCACAF Champions League. What have we seen with teams in MLS Time and time again, you get to prioritize one. You either get to prioritize the Champions League, or you prioritize MLS. 
I knowing LAFC and knowing their whole steez and everything about them, they're going to prioritize the Champions League. How that looks in terms of MLS and especially these games because these games are critical. Well, you mean they're not just living to beat the Galaxy every time, every <laughs> chance they get? <laughs> I'm trying to take it from a little bit of a neutral analytic perspective, but there's also that too. Um, they they're going to have to start rationing players because if you want to make a run. I know it can be done where you can have a successful MLS year and a successful Champions League year, but no one's figured out how to do it yet. And maybe this is the year that we finally, after 15 years, we finally figure out how to do it. Congratulations. You know, everyone rejoice from the rooftops, but I still don't have a ton of faith in that. Um, I do think this is, they're going to have to make some decisions and I'm going to be honest. I'm not sold on this LAFC team. I'm really not. Um, And I know we want to kind of do both, preview for this game and preview for the season. So we'll kind of get to that in like five, 10 minutes. I do think this galaxy team is better than they were last year. I just question where the goals are going to come from. Well, and it's a new team too. I mean, this is the first game of the season. Um, I, I feel like the galaxy should feel at home at the Rose bowl even though none of these guys were there <laughs> in 96, right? Um, but, but you know, def- definitely it looks like from what I'm reading that LAFC has um, a trident up top. They've got um, the three prongs of Vela, Opoku, and Boanga. And, but that's, and I think I read that Kailini is not retiring, but, you know, I'm not really sure what LAFC has in store. I mean, hopefully they, they have some, you know, season, like they had the cup. So hopefully they've they got a little hangover from that. <laughs> and so, so um, and, and then, and then hopefully the, you know, the galaxy can get in their heads, like how we always do. But Because I know this is kind of a season preview episode. I want to ask you, let's say, God forbid, knock on wood, this Chicharito problem lasts for say three months who do you trust on this roster to bang in 10 goals in three months because i don't i'm i'm a little concerned there yeah absolutely right like definitely the the galaxy have no been known to be possession heavy and so i think statistically we'll have the possession but again if you don't get behind the net this is going to be a problem this is a problem against lafc because one error or one stupid slip and LAFC is behind the net, right? Like, um, previewing the Galaxy, I think it's it's early to tell, but that is a concern, right? If Kostya's injured, I mean, I guess Jovalich is the one that we're expecting to do that, but but then, I don't know, he seems kind of quiet, too. Um, and then if the goals are coming from the back line, who are we expecting? You know, is, is Jalen Neal going to be able to get enough contact and is he going to be able to you know get in there and even score from back there um i mean is raheem edwards going to be able to step it up and not get caught up in lafc's show 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 showmanship like all that you know stuff that that raheem tends to do right like i want him to be showy but at the same time it's like dude get behind the net you know i was was also going to say raheem feels those games a little bit more considering it it, i i again i don't i was not in the room on these some of these conversations etc but the way that he posts on instagram and twitter around el trafico 
I have a feeling the departure from LAFC was, um, I, I don't think they send each other uh, Christmas cards. Shall we put it that way? Um, I, I think there was some acrimony there. I, I guess, you know, in terms of our, our season preview, I mean, like from, I, I kind of have the answer to the question. I have my answer to the question I'm going to ask you. Well, all I'm, well, one more thing I'm what? just going to say is like, are you, I mean, do I think 10 goals are going to come from one single player? I'm saying no. I'm saying that they're all going to have to step up and these 10 goals are going to have to come from from different guys. I don't care if it's Brugman. I don't care if it's Kulabali. Um, but I want them. I mean, Efrain looks really good too. I mean, let's just like, just get in, you know, but go ahead. So for you, what constitutes a successful LA Galaxy season in the year 2023? Because I, I, I've been debating this question in my head for the past like couple of days. Because when, when I knew we were going to record this episode right before El Trafico, I was thinking like, okay, so we're doing our, our full extended season preview. And I was like, what? At the end of the year, what would I say to myself and be like, this was a successful Galaxy season? Like, I think that's that's really kind of what I'd, I, I'd, I'd be intrigued to hear what you think about, like, where you'd feel that would, would be. It's hard because uh, two things, right? For one, I would say the boycott is gonna is going to affect as it as I expect that the supporters want it to. But realistically, whatever you've heard from from Vanny and Klein's responses or whatever you think is going to happen, all that stuff aside, if the stadium is empty, whether that's at home or the Rose Bowl, the Galaxy are going to feel that. And I personally think it's going to affect their performance. Um, if anybody has had a chance to look at the ritual and how we talk about the cross-stadium chant and how the players were saying when you hear the fans and the whole reason – that I got into the whole LA Galaxy and became a fan was because of the fans, because of the noise level, because of the energy when you go in there. If nobody's there, not only is that going to affect the experience and like, okay, I guess I'm there as a reporter and as a neutral because like this is what we do, right, at this point. But as a fan, that's going to be really hard. And I personally think that that if it's quiet in that stadium, it, it's going to affect the, the team's performance. So then to the next point, of this is a new team again are we comparing ourselves to 2022 because i think that there were different circumstances i think there's a lot of things that go in yes vanny's still the coach but one other thing is i noticed vanny's attitude has kind of changed he kind of just seems like he's over it and now i'm kind of getting over vanny now and hopefully he's still bringing in that energy and like making these guys really want to put in the performance that the fans that are supporting are are expecting. And I know that Galaxy fans, no matter what, even if they're boycotting, they're they're still Galaxy fans at the end of the day. No one's rooting for this team to to lose, I hope. Um, I understand we want Klein out and all that stuff, but I still want to see this team go for MLS Cup despite the boycott. Like I want a successful season at this point is not just making the playoffs anymore. I understand that this is a new team and all the stuff, but if we're looking to being serious and making change and getting somewhere, even with the changes, then it's it's going to be, you know, West Western Conference winners. That's what I think that we need to be because something has to shift, something has to change, and I think if we're going to get any kind of fans who are going to not sit out for five years until Klein is gone, because we've got a lot of new fans too. We've got a lot of new fans that are are coming in and you know friends have brought them and and what have you we want to keep these fans we want to grow 
this club you know it's bad enough i feel like we're losing out to lafc um you know with the fan base and i i really want us to be western conference champion that 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 would be a successful season for me in 2023 uh, um if not the cup i i agree with your optimism about the, what this team can accomplish boycott aside and, and i know i have a little bit of a different kind of uh emotion towards it as as a member of of one of the group as as a member of the board of one of the groups that is that is conducting this this protest um i think this year looking at this team uh and looking at you know all the other preview articles that are floating around the internet you know and you can find 300 of them you know just by googling mls i don't think second in the west is out of the question um i think I do think they are not the best team in the Western Conference, but I also don't think the Western Conference this year is particularly good. Um, I think, you know, LAFC has regressed a little bit. Um, I, there's no way in, in God's green earth Austin can continue the numbers they put up last year. I don't think Seattle's that good. Um, just like, basically, I, I don't think they're that good. And honestly, if the Galaxy... And not, and not to cut you off, but like, look at the, look at the new setup. Look at, look at how many teams there are. Look at the schedule. Like, what... What is happening? This is this is season unlike any other Apple TV or no Apple TV. Well, I mean the League's Cup too. I mean, so so it's it's almost like you know who stays out of the hospital more is going to win MLS Cup this year. Um, no, I, I just look at a lot of other. I mean, Houston can't possibly be good. Um, you know, Dallas again. It's always a question of are those academy kids going to hit, and sometimes that doesn't. Um, San Jose might be good this year, but I, I doubt they're going to be as good as. You know some other teams. I, I do think the cup is going east this year. I just uh, I look at the Western Conference and around us, and I, I just don't see a lot that makes me think it's going to stay in the West. Uh, but I do think at least the conference final is obtainable for the Galaxy. Um, I'd like to see us win the Open Cup. I say it every year, I, I, it, but that's a little bit of a selfish, indulgent pick because I love the Open Cup as a competition. Uh, but I do agree with you that I think the Western Conference final is attainable. Do I think they can make MLS Cup final? That I don't know, and I think if they got to an MLS Cup final, depending on who they play from the East, because I think they'd, they'd probably play Philadelphia, and just at this point in time, I think Philadelphia is a better team right now. Um, that's not saying anything about the Galaxy or anything, it's just Philadelphia is a little bit more uh, cultured at this point in time. Um, they're a little bit more savvy than the Galaxy are right now, but I do agree with you that I think this team has a lot of potential in it, and I think we're in, in a group right now that they didn't they could have blown it up right they could have just completely looked at last year and said you know oh my god you know we were so close you know all right try again you know let's let's move on some really big names let's 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 figure this thing out again uh how much of that was influenced by what was coming down the pipe from mls i don't know um and i if you have a subscription to the athletic i'd urge you to read the article that just came out probably about 45 minutes uh, after we started record or 45 minutes, excuse me, before we started recording, um, which was, they do it every year, the anonymous GM survey where they interview all the general managers, presidents of soccer operations in the league, uh, pull them anonymously and ask them for some quotes. And some of the statements that were made about Chris Klein and the cheating scandal uh, are, I'd say grim uh, to say the least. Uh, I think uh, I, I'll, I'll, as, as I talk, I'll try to find one of the quotes that I, I found particularly interesting. Uh, but they, I, I do think this group, in spite of everything, uh, in terms of the the team around them, the um, 
or the situation around them in the front office, et cetera. I think they can achieve a lot. Yeah. The quote here is, um, uh, the, the, the Klein don't be sporting director thing through the winter was a whole lot of horse bleep because that, what does that even mean? You can still run the entire show. Um, another quote that came out of this athletic article, uh, he gives them executives the autonomy to, uh, the autonomy to do as they please, whether or not he has the right people doing that is a different question. They just need to find a general manager. They need to identify a true GM to run that place. So I think really Vanny, in spite of what has been going on, deserves a lot of credit here. And, 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 and I agree with you when you said that Vanny's attitude towards the media has changed a little bit because I, I, I've noticed he's a little more prickly. You know, he's a little bit more, I don't know. And, and it's almost a little Mourinho-esque, if that makes sense, where he's a little bit more, it's us versus them. You know, it's us versus the media and those who don't believe us. And, you know, that's how he's going to get them all on side. And, and, you know, sometimes that works. Sometimes that does work. But I do think they have a very good shot to have a very good season this year. You know, if they make the conference final for me, that's success. Um, I don't care about the league's cup. I could, as far as I'm concerned, just play the Academy kids, you know, let them have a good time, you know, send them off to Mexico with orange slices and Gatorades and everything's fine. Um, but I do think if, if the, if the first team can make the, the Western conference final, I'd like to win the open cup, but I don't think silverware is necessarily needed this year. I think we just need evidence that they are, maybe one or two pieces away from silverware. And then I, I, I would be satiated. I'm sorry. I couldn't get this thing to unmute. Okay. So no, I, I hear you on all that. And um, like I said, maybe I, my thoughts were, were quite ambitious and, you know, it's yet to be seen. I mean, if you ask me this question, it uh, when we're halfway through the season, I, I know my answer is, I don't know, could change. It depends. It depends what's realistic and what's going on, you know? Um, but, you know, I wish Araujo the best. I think that it's uh, great that he ended up moving on. I think it's, it was time. I mean, I would have been happy keeping him around for obvious reasons, but, um, but yeah, he definitely has to, has to move on. So, what a, um, what a you know, and that, and that gives the new guys a chance, you know, really quick. That Julie Araujo thing is one of the wildest stories I think I've ever been around as a Galaxy fan. Like, 18 seconds too late, and then, like, it goes to CAS, which is the Court of Arbitration of Legal, uh, Court of Arbitration of Sport, which is, like, a massive legal body, and we've got this whole entire thing going on. Like, I mean, that, that story, like, I, I, I can't imagine what Julian went through mentally in that, that period, and I, and I don't mean to make light of it in that sense. But from an outside perspective, just, oh my god, we're what, like, it did feel kind of in one of those moments, like, oh my god, we're big time. We're getting we're getting re- referred to cast. Like, we have legal stuff with Barcelona. Like, oh my gosh, we're big time now. You know, it was it was kind of funny. I think we might have lost you, Michelle. But yeah, anyway. no, sorry. <laughs> I yeah, it's it again. This mic's technical difficulties, but. Yeah, I I can't thank our listeners enough and the and the people that that reached out. Um, you know, and and Jamie will definitely be joining us. She's emphasized that she really really wants to be here um, on the pod. And um, now we're gonna roll into the She Believes Cup. Um, I thought Mallory Swan was someone else, but as Christian informed me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, hey, if your name's Mallory, just join the U.S. women's team. 
Um, I, I actually, had the yeah, she got married. I had the same <laughs> so problem I love, too. Yeah, and and I love her. Obviously, she for me is the the future of the U.S. women's team, and she's the one that's you know got the goal scorers going. And um, I saw that uh, U.S. beat Brazil, which you know I can't emphasize enough that the U.S. women you know have fought the good fight and are the powerhouse of um of the united states but also it looks like you know women's soccer right now so I, i'm glad to see this new wave of of youth coming in um and of course alex morgan is always scoring goals too well, apparently so. well how how nicely that you mentioned wave in terms of youth because naomi girma was absolutely fantastic and wsl fans san diego wave naomi girma yeah that's a great joke um yes dad jokes have returned for season five um no, I, I mean, this was a, a fantastic uh, camp for them. And, you know, they played a couple of teams. You know, Canada, obviously, we know what's going on with the pay situation there. And I know Canada, the players have talked about how they basically played under duress. That Canada soccer said, if you do not play, we will bring legal action against you. And they said they felt basically prisoners. So uh, the Canada game, I, I'm kind of pushing out of what I'm drawing conclusions from because... You can't really, you know, because the Canadian players had to be in a mindset where they they just couldn't play, you know, in a, in a way that would be effective. Excuse me. I do think they played a very good Japan side that a lot of people are talking down, but Japan's better than I think a lot of people give them credit for this year. And they're going to be a force at the World Cup, something a team to watch at the World Cup. I don't know necessarily if they're favorites, but they are in that dark horse kind of category alongside maybe a Germany or... um you know, one of those teams, Sweden definitely falls into that category as well. But then they played Brazil and Brazil is good this year. I mean, you saw it last, you know, what was it uh, last night? Brazil really went after them and played them hard and they responded in kind. And that last seven minutes against Brazil was probably the most defining seven minutes as you could get in a friend. Well, it's not a friendly, but I mean, let's be quite honest. The She Believes Cup is not the World Cup. They concede a goal um, to Ludmilla, and it's it's kind of a flu- it's not a fluke goal. It's it's a bad goal to concede. You know, Emily Fox falls asleep on the back post. Ludmilla sneaks in, wins a header, and it's all of a sudden two one, and everything's starting to go right. Like everyone's starting to panic, and the U.S. just for that last seven minutes hung on. And the thing about it is, I don't like teams that. When they concede a goal, it's 2-1, it's late, you're playing for something that matters. I don't like teams that don't, after they concede a goal, exude some level of, okay, let's reset, everything's going to be okay. It was chaotic, but they held on. And the thing about it is, in a game like the She Believes Cup, where the stakes are less, you can kind of grade, as as you do as a teacher, on an A through F scale, right? Like we can say, eh, you know, they put in a B plus performance, or eh, they put in a C minus performance, whatever. In a World Cup game, it's pass-fail, right? And so, and we talked about this a lot in our World Cup stuff with Qatar, which is that, yeah, I don't care how the U.S. plays. I just care that they pass the test. And I think in that game, when we get to that last seven minutes and they're hanging on for dear life and, you know, Ludmilla's having chance after chance, Marta skies one, you know, that she probably should finish, but they pass the test. And I think in a World Cup year, that's critical. And so I think they're, they're you know, obviously they lose those three games at the end of 2022, Everyone's negative. It's horrible. Then they go on to reel off six straight. You know, Mallory Swanson's taking the world by storm, and I think she's going to have a huge World Cup. And if she'd like to not play against San Diego in the end of ACL season, I'd really appreciate it um, because she terrifies me in terms of how good she is. 
I, I, I do think there's a lot here that I was like, I think I went into this She Believes Cup being like, okay, I mean, if they get four points, I'll feel good, but I won't feel great. They got nine points. Did, and, and I don't think any of us expected that at the end of 2022. So I, I do feel good about what's coming. Um, they do have a couple more friendlies before the World Cup, and they do need to figure out uh, that starting defense. But as, as Andres Contour said in the Spanish feed, there's been so many injuries that we don't, this team is going to look different when we kick off in July in Auckland versus what we saw in the She Believes Cup. But I like the base of what we have right now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, my expectations are high. I do expect us to have the, the nine points. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the friendlies, the friendlies are interesting because I'm glad that they get the play time, right? I think it's really important for the team to play together and really gel before the, the World Cup. Um, but at the same time, they're just friendlies and you almost, you know, like at some point, depending how the game goes, like, you know we're five up we're up five goals i'm like okay i'm not i'm not against celebrating all of them but i'm not cheering each time you know what i mean um at this point like i said the the u.s women are to me just just a force to be reckoned with and so yeah more power to them and the more goals that they can get and the more plays that they can get um yeah ahead of that world cup yeah i I, i'm excited to see what what happens and I know as we we wrap up, I I just want to pass along to you. Uh, I know you're going to the Rose Bowl. Um, stay warm and uh, maybe bring a helmet in case it hails. Yeah, no kidding, huh? Um, I got to find my poncho, but I I bought rain boots and I have a raincoat now, so you know it's not a usual thing in LA. I mean, the last time I was in a rainy soccer game was the 2011 um, MLS Cup, you know, against Houston. So. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not a lover of the rain, but I, I do plan on having fun. Um, I actually have a ticket by myself because that's how things financially worked out, and so I was like, you know, I mean, I know some friends that are going there, so I thought, oh, maybe I, if it's that empty, I'll just migrate over to where they are if it lets me do that. But um, yeah, thank you again so much, everybody, and we'll be back to review what happens at the Rose Bowl. Can't wait. We will see you every week from here on out.